get here? Where did it come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. Here we go. It was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a xenomorph. Happy holidays, everyone. It's a podcast from outer space. It's your boy, Rob Scott. We got Adam Narlock, a.k.a. Teabag, in the house. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening. And as always, it's Ryan Scott. Greetings and salutations. And as my boy Tommy Lee would say, Elvis ain't dead. He just went home. Tonight, it is none other than our 100th episode, everybody. And we're getting right into The Men in Black. Yes, this is this is our gift to you this holiday season. Now, do me a favor, guys. Uh, look right here, look right here, and uh, oh, <laughs> oh Jesus! Now I, I get this is an audio podcast, but I just neuralized them, guys, so they have no idea what's going on. Uh, you know, Men in Black, as Rob said. Now, how we doing? It's the holiday season. Where am I? Um, how's everybody doing, guys? Doing good. How are you? Very busy. Very busy. Okay, well, hey, what's your favorite Christmas song? Kick this one off. A little, a little Christmas test, you know? Don't even think. Just answer one, two, three. Jingle Bell Rock. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. <laughs> okay, nice. Paul McCartney. Okay. Me, if I have to pick one Christmas song that gets me fired up more than any other one, I'm going with the... Uh, what is the name of the song? The Snoopy one. When he shoots down the Red Baron? The Hanukkah Snoopy song. And the Red Baron. Snoopy and the Red Baron, dude. And this guy's a self-proclaimed Jew. That's a fucking great song. Classic. Bob's um, Christmas music, though. <laughs> now, okay. As Rob said, guys, uh, back to the topic at hand. We are getting into the men in black tonight. Uh, now, so we think, we're thinking long and hard about this thing. And I think that... Uh, this is probably like one of the bigger conspiracy theories, I guess, within like UFO lore that we have yet to cover, uh, right? And t- technically, this could be a cryptid as well, right? This could fall into the cryptid category, do you think? Mm, men? <laughs> in black. Well, but, uh, are, but are they men? And are they in black? Debatable. <laughs> yeah. I would not classify this as a cryptid personally. Okay. I, well, I said that's a technicality. If you want to do it on a technical. A technicality, can. yeah. I think uh, 100 episodes, we got to get back to our roots, right? Okay, okay. So Men in Black. Now, for those who do not know, uh, Men in Black, a.k.a. MIBs, are allegedly men dressed in black <laughs> suits who some suggest are quasi-government agents who will harass, threaten, and intimidate UFO witnesses to keep them quiet about what they have seen. Uh, now, from the very first mention of a man in a black suit threatening a UFO witness, this has sort of evolved and snowballed within UFO circles into a key trope and has spread even further into American pop culture by way of a comic book series and eventually the ever-so-popular blockbuster franchise. The key question when discussing these MIBs is typically, who do they work for? 
Who does number two work for? <laughs> there you go. Is it some secret branch of the government? Are they perhaps extraterrestrials themselves? Or is there a more simple and logical explanation for this whole phenomenon? And that is what we are hoping to explore today. Uh, so in this episode, we will take a look at where this phenomenon originated, uh, some of the more interesting accounts, uh, possible explanations and theories, and yes, we might even get into the comic books and films. Now, obviously, uh, we could all probably guess what the answer is here, but I mean, first exposures, you guys heard about this one? If so, like, what do you remember from first hearing about this, uh, about these MIBs? What do we got? First thing I remember is I was probably watching uh, Power Rangers at the time, saw an ad for the movie, and I was like, <laughs> hell yeah, these guys are blasting aliens. This is going to be cool. Okay. Gotta go see okay. it. So the movie, obviously. And it was cool. And I like it. Great film. Now, are we going to actually get into the films later? Uh, later in the outline, you know, we'll get into that. A little that. bit later. I mean, I've just got... You know, just some basics. Nothing really major about the films. There's just too much jelly in the actual conspiracy to get into the films in depth. But uh, what do you got? I mean, if you want to get into them now, what do we got? Well, I'll start here. Like my first exposure. Remember them books when we were kids? You could order them from little magazines when you were in school. And they were like... Like the Scholastic Book Fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they they were picture books, movie books? The movie books with the pictures in the middle from like the movie. Yeah, yeah. I got that book, but I never read it. The Men in Black one, never read it. They're getting us ready for Playboys, you know. Okay, <laughs> so you might, so you might say, "Great book, never read it." Yeah. <laughs> okay, now. But then TL, I went and saw TL, the movie. TL. Yeah, yeah. Then I went and saw the movie and everything eventually. But if we're not talking movies later, like let's talk about it now because, like, I seen the first one. I don't think I ever saw the second one, and the third one was my favorite. Well, second one was with Johnny Knoxville, right? The second one? Yeah, he's in the second one, right? The gas station guy with the second oh, head Oh, yeah, whatever. okay, okay. Yeah. Well, then maybe I did see that. I feel yeah. like, is, it, is he not throughout the trilogy? I think he's only in the second one because I recently watched the first one waiting for Knoxville to pop up because I've been re-watching all the jackasses because the new film. Classic. And, uh, and I didn't see him. I mean, maybe I went up, I got up to drain the lizard or something, <laughs> but I didn't see him. He just had the cameo. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think film, big... Third one's your favorite, really. Couldn't get into it. Did you all see the new one, though, with Thor and the chick? Uh, no, I have not seen Didn't that not one. Watch yeah. It might be International, I believe, yeah. is the title. Have not, not watched that it. one. You didn't see it either? Well, I guess you were right. He was in Men in Black too. No, I did not. I did, okay. however, watch the um, Men in Black episode of Project Blue Book, that show that's on History Channel, I believe. Mm. Pretty, pretty, Creepy. pretty cool. Yeah, that's the kind of shit we're going to be getting today. A little different than the films, the actual Men in Black uh, stuff, but... Wh- drastically <laughs> yeah. different. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think the I think the films are a lot of our generation's first exposure. Like, the sure. films, maybe the comic book for kids that were older than us... Um, do you also remember them in the Area 51 game? The shoot the oh, shooter yeah. arcade game? They pop up. Yep, they, yep. they popped up in that. Was that pre Men in Black film? I believe so. Okay. Because so, they used to have that arcade game at the movie theater. Yeah, I remember, I remember mm-hmm. that. Uh, and at Pongo Pizza. And then I also remember Classic Cody's birthday. Yeah. I also remember You weren't invited. I remember the intro to X Files. You remember this 
where it's like government denies knowledge and it's like a shadow figure walking. Oh, okay. I always associated that with Men in Black, even though I think that's supposed to be like a ghost or something. Mm. Um, but nonetheless, you know, I feel like aliens were huge in the 90s. You know, yeah. Like, think about it. You had like uh, well, close encounters. Eighties. Yeah, you had close encounters. Mars attacks. Men in black. Like even like the alien merch. You know, like those little yep, alien yep. piece dudes. Like uh, Toy Story. A- yeah, dude. Aliens were huge in the nineties, and there seems to be like there's a resurgence in alien culture every few decades. They were I, trying to I gear right? us up for Y two K, dude. Hmm thought the aliens were coming back yeah weird time to be alive in the 90s guys um <laughs> a lot of aliens but uh no i think they're every it's like a, it goes in a wave of like popularity yeah because you're seeing it like come back now that aliens are all over the place uh they're getting more popular would you say all over no? the place yeah like the headlines in the news ufo tic tac yep, uh, yep. all that kind of stuff mark uh yeah, Bud Light does a fucking alien can. There's Storm in Area 51, like Naruto or whatever. <laughs> Am I right? That didn't happen though. <laughs> it did happen. Urban they, legend. That did happen. No, they had like a fucking festival there. It was like a hippie festival. Alien fest, dude. Yeah. Now uh but back to the actual I mean, guys, we need to buckle down here and get serious because we're getting to some of the creepiest encounters of all time. Now, now for those that don't know. Let's get into some of these descriptions of these men in black. Um, Because here they come. Yeah. Now, the men in black, uh, they always appear unannounced, are usually wearing black business suits, sometimes with black fedoras and black sunglasses. So they're essentially like the, they look like the Blues Brothers. Just not as funny. Okay. So get that image in your head. Which and they, would explain why they're harassing Dan Aykroyd so much. Yeah. And they do not they do not obey the, the rule of one fedora per crew. <laughs> <laughs> because these guys are showing up. <laughs> Everyone's wearing fedoras. Now, now sometimes they are described as ordinary looking men. Other times uh, there are uh, things a bit off or uncanny about them, like plastic or pale white skin with bright red lips or stretch skin, like they're wearing a uh, skin suit, like Ugh. the gentleman in Silence of the Lambs. Or- <laughs> in my research, none of the descriptions I heard said that they looked ordinary. Everyone was like freaked the fuck out whenever they encountered them. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They look, they look... Uh, you said sometimes ordinary. So, that's sometimes. That's very few cases, though. Some of the early cases... In the movie, they look normal. Which, well, yeah, that also. <laughs> but Just saying, if you saw yeah. somebody wearing a skin suit... Yeah, You're probably it's like freaking out. They're looking like Ed Gein. Uh, now, they also are described as having monotone or robotic speaking voices. Uh, some descriptions have them almost seeming to lose power or slow their speech or movements like they're a robot. Um, there's even descriptions where their eyes light up or sometimes there are just like dark sockets where the eyes should be. Uh, more descriptions have them like not knowing how to use common things like a spoon. Uh, some have them drinking bleach. Uh, so descriptions are all over the place. And as Rob said, it's out of the ordinary. It's freaking people out. Now, it seems that the Men in Black's primary mission is to intimidate people into giving up their research into UFOs, oftentimes threatening them with dire consequences. In many cases, the men in black have also seen aliens 
or have a deep knowledge of UFOs and extraterrestrials. Um, now, the theories we'll get into on who these guys are range drastically from being UFO researchers to being a deep and vast government agency to being aliens themselves or perhaps even some demonic or supernatural entity. Now, right off the bat, knowing what we know, uh, what do you guys say these MIBs are? If you just had to take a, a stab in the dark, what are you thinking? It seems like they're government agents that act like a fucking mob guy. Yeah. Okay. So this is like they hire Henry Hill to come work and intimidate. They hire yeah. some guy from the mob, Joe Pesci, what <laughs> have you, to intimidate UFO Keep witnesses. the motherfucker here. Okay. And, you, and you're along the lines of the agreement this is some quasi-government agency teabag? Yeah, but now after hearing like the description, like... And then, like, picturing the movie, and I know, again, not not the same thing, but I'm like, okay, maybe there's, like, aliens in this organization. That would explain why they're wearing skin suits or drinking bleach and that shit. <laughs> okay. Right? Well, if these guys are, in fact, scaring people, don't you think they could uh, be putting out some disinfo on what their description's like? So people are like, okay, these are just people that are crazy describing this stuff. These guys aren't real. Okay, okay. So it's all just a big, it's a massive uh, net of disinfo, maybe. Possibly. What you hear is all hearsay. Okay. Now, have all we right. brought up Men in Black before in our, like, Mothman maybe a little bit? Yeah, Mothman and Kenneth Arnold and probably um, maybe the Washington UFO. I mean, probably a good amount of cases we've covered have some Men in Black involvement. As I said, this has become a common trope in, in UFO lore. You know? Hmm. Why? You thinking about it? Yeah. Check those okay. episodes out for us if you haven't already. <laughs> yeah. Now, I and I do have the episodes that we do mention them broken out within this uh, episode. Um, so we'll be sure to plug those when the time arrives. Now, so let's get into the origins because if we're just going by the dates of sightings, and we look at it in terms of men in black as previously described, then the very first sighting seems to be the Maury Island incident. Now, this is, as I said, connected to Kenneth Arnold, 1947. This was one of the first widespread uh, UFO sightings, which we covered extensively in its very own episode. And this is just another case of your boy T not reading the outline ahead of time. And again, check that episode out if you haven't already. Now, in 1947, uh, but this is just essentially the, the uh, gist of it is 1947. This guy, Harold Dahl, he claimed to have been warned over breakfast to not talk about his alleged UFO sighting on Maury Island by a man in a dark suit. You remember we had the bit he was wearing a black suit, drinking black coffee, listening to black metal. <laughs> yeah. This was that guy. So this was that man in black. Now, in the 1950s and 60s, uh, UFO enthusiasts took on a more conspiratorial mindset, we'll say, and thus this fear began to set in that they would be subject to intimidation in retaliation for discovering, quote, the truth about UFOs. Now, is this gentleman of any relation to A1 Rolled Doll? I think, again, you made the same joke that episode. <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't say anything. <laughs> now... 
So, you know, they, they say uh, UFO enthusiasts, they're going to be like intimidated for discovering the truth. And, you know, this stuff still goes on today, you know, not only in UFO circles, but pretty much I'm thinking like any subculture that is searching for the truth, you know, like look at anti-vaxxers comparing themselves to Jews in World War II. Uh, you got the QAnon people's need for this like revolution. They're going to get to the bottom of the like deep state, uh, you know, all those sort of conspiracy theories. Like it seems to be, and this is just, let me know if I'm way off base here, but for me, it seems that there's more fear and less fun in a lot of these conspiracy theories. Are, are we tracking that at all? Are we, are we uh, getting any sentiment of that? Don't you think that adds maybe a little bit of credibility to their pocket? The like, like, oh, I, I can't talk about this because the government or these agents or whoever, they, they won't let me. Okay. But okay, I, so I that's have the information. An, I just can't talk about it. Yeah, that's it's like the whole Tom DeLong thing of like, I'm going to go on Joe Rogan, one of the biggest podcasts, and just say like, I know about UFOs, but I can't say anything. And look what happened. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, no, that's an interesting way. That's, that's an interesting it. way to look at the, uh, I guess, theory as a whole of like maybe this was developed to add credibility to this sort of thing. But also fear for sure. Like, yeah. oh shit, like this guy can't talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, um, what? I was just going to say, I think that. Uh, these particular ones that you've pointed out definitely uh, are like piggybacking off of fear to get their message across. But I uh -huh. think that there's sometimes certain conspiracy theories that get like turned on their head by maybe possibly the government that they're like, oh, these guys are just conspiracy theorists because if they're well, the actually itself. if they're yeah. actually onto something, you know, it's just a just weather make balloon. Them, just make them look like a conspiracy theorist and then they're the crazy asshole and you're getting away with the shit. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the term conspiracy theorist itself was developed by the government to, you know, as you said, just kind of discredit anybody who's seeming to gain traction, I guess. Developed by the men in black, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. Uh, now, when we look at the origins of the men in black, there seems to be three big players that keep coming up. And those are Albert K. Bender, pictured here on the left, uh, Gray Barker, pictured in the middle, and John Keel of Mothman fame, pictured here on the right. Now, all of these guys were or are uh, writers in some capacity, and they were all obsessed with UFOs or the paranormal. If you're trying to sell books or something, oh, yeah, I, I've got this information, but the government won't let me process, publish it. Exactly. Now, first up, let's get into Albert K. Bender. Um, so this guy is really seen as like the top dog when it comes to MIB lore. Uh, you know, this guy, I'm reading about this guy. He's kind of a maniac in his own right uh, because well, his last name is Bender. So, <laughs> so Albert Bender, no he's born June 16th, 1921 in, uh, we'll say uh, Duryea, Pennsylvania. Uh, might be pronounced that wrong, but in 1942, uh, Bender served in the United States Army Air Corps during World War II. He worked as a clerk for a dental center and also became an editor for the Army newspaper in Langley, Virginia, before finally settling in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Sounds like a regular McKelvey 
type character. As <laughs> regular McKelvey. Now, throughout his life, uh, Bender was obsessed with the occult, supernatural, and paranormal. Uh, he lived in his stepfather's attic at one point. Now, I couldn't find if <laughs> We've this... We've all been there, am I right? I, I couldn't find if this was before or after the war. I'm assuming after because I think it said this was where like a lot of his UFO research took place. But anywho, he had the whole attic done up like a haunted house. He drew demon faces all over the walls. Uh, and this is where he like was kind of a hermit and would do his UFO research. Now, by 1952, he had gotten way into the UFO phenomenon, uh, so much so that he formed the International Flying Saucer Bureau, IFSB for short, uh, which was a huge hit, you know, along with his newsletter, T-Bag, hit it. Space Review. <laughs> now, despite the success of the IFSB, uh, it was shut down the next year under mysterious circumstances. In the October 1953 edition of Space Review, two major announcements appeared. The first was entitled, entitled Late Bulletin and stated, quote, A source which the IFSB considers very reliable has informed us that the investigation of the flying saucer mystery and the solution is approaching final stages. This same source, to whom we had referred data, which had come into our possession, suggested that it was not the proper method and time to publish the data in Space Review. The second announcement read, quote, Statement of importance. The mystery of the flying saucers is no longer a mystery. The source is already known, but any information about this is being withheld by order from a higher source. We would like to print the full story in Space Review, but because of the nature of the information, we are very sorry that we have been advised in the negative. We advise those engaged in saucer work to please be very cautious. Now, Bender would go on to claim that he was visited by men in dark suits who threatened and warned him not to continue investigating UFOs, also known as saucer work. Now, <laughs> Bender... into a little friggin' saucer work over here. Yeah, huh? now Bender was getting into some saucer work, and uh, he maintained that the men in black were secret government agents who had been given the task of suppressing evidence of UFOs. Now, if that doesn't sell newsletters, I don't know what does. Did you happen to see, like, I, like, I would love to get my hands on a copy of one of these or something? Did I did see pictures see, of them or anything? Yeah, like, I saw some. Uh, I think one of the books I was reading, they had, like, pictures and quotes from the original newsletter. But again, I don't know if he, I don't think he was selling this stuff. Maybe he was selling memberships to the IFSB. Right, but right. I think that the newsletter was just a, maybe th something that came with the membership. So I guess in a roundabout way, he was That's still getting saying. money. Or even like just getting information, like people interested in reading his yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. getting some sort of credibility. Now, uh, now, Nick Redfern wrote in his book, The Real Men in Black, that it was Bender who almost single-handedly ushered in the plague of men in black. But it was Gray Barker's book that told Bender's story thus introducing the concept of the MIB to a much wider audience. So three years after Bender's uh, newsletter comes out, the Space Review is, is uh, kaput, the IFSB is, is kaput, uh, Gray Barker writes a book titled, Teabag, hit it. They knew too much about flying saucers. 
Now, in this book, Gray told the tale about the sinister MIB and a Connecticut man, Al K. Bender. Uh, Now, his book just pretty much brushes over the tale as it was told to him by Al. Uh, Honestly, pretty stereotypical MIB story. You know, Al claims to... He, he claims to have known about UFOs. He had done a ton of research. He wants to tell the world. And then all of a sudden, three men in black suits driving a big black car confront him, essentially get him to shut the fuck up. Uh, now, in Al's case, he even shuts down his whole organization. Um, so the tales from Barker's book can essentially be seen as setting the pace for the MIB encounters that would follow. Uh, now, perhaps... Al Bender saw the success of Barker's book and he wanted he wanted in on some of the action, you know, because in 1962, Bender broke his nine year silence and he came out with his very own book titled Teabag Hit It Flying Saucers and the Three Men. Now, in this book, which he insisted was not. And this is very important, guys. He insisted this was not a science fiction novel. So in this nonfiction novel, he painted the MIB in a much more frightening image. Now his experiences began while he's walking home from a movie. Uh, Bender says he saw a bluish flash and developed a headache, felt as though he were floating above the ground. And he had the strong impression that somebody or something was telling him to forget IFSB to give it up. Now he gets uh, into his weird, creepy research attic and he notices that his files have been rummaged through. It's like that scene in last crusade Mm. when, when they're looking for the grail diary, you know, his, his whole attic is, is, is gone through. uh, And he describes the encounter. He says they floated about a foot off the floor. They looked like clergymen, but wore hats similar to Homburg style. The faces were not clearly discernible, for the hats partially hid and shaded them. The eyes of all three figures suddenly lit up like flashlight bulbs. They seemed to burn into my very soul as the pains above my eyes became almost unbearable. I'm no scientist here, but this man has fucking demon pictures drawn all about his research attic, right? Like, I don't fuck with exactly. that stuff, but maybe this is demons. Maybe not just men in black. I don't know, man. You don't fuck with the demon. Hey, I mean, that's some of the theories, and, and we are going to, as we always do, get into that a little later. Now, Bender would also describe a sulfur smell whenever these MIB came rifling through his stuff. Uh, he also complained about poltergeist activity in his place and go. would suffer from severe migraines off and on after these visits. Now, Bender goes on in his own book to explain how these men in black who drove him out of ufology were extraterrestrials from the planet Kazik, uh, who also took him to a secret Antarctica base deep underground where they lived off of fungus and shellfish and spoke of using a death ray. Now, so they could have just been talking to some Russians, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, <not> possibly. <laughs> now, in his book, he writes, quote, They told Bender that they'd been observing his flying saucer investigations and believed him to be 
quote, a very good contact for us on your planet. You're an average person, and we know that what we tell you and what we show you will not be believed by anyone you might tell, end quote. They went on to explain to Bender that their human-like appearance was an illusion. We found it necessary to to carry off Earth people to use their bodies to disguise our own. The three men didn't explain the mechanism behind this process, but the horrific implications of the variety of body snatching resonated with Bender's already established predilection for horror imagery. Now, in his book, uh, Bender also described another encounter. Uh, Now, this one, right up your alley, Adam, as it is far more sensual, we'll say. Okay. I'm not reading this one. Sensual alien encounters? So it's November 1953. You know, Bender's, he's dissolved the IFSB. He's getting hate mail. He's under a good amount of scrutiny and ridicule. Now, keep in mind, he also at this time, still a lonely guy. No ladies so to speak. You know? You're probably not bringing ladies <laughs> home to your dad's attic in your demon. Well, hey, Hang out. apparently he had a work party there and uh, he invited a d- bunch of people up and they were all like, what the fuck is this? Place? That sounds like a movie right there. <laughs> you call it the demon den. Now, um, okay, so, you know, keep that in mind. So, so in this encounter, he's in his study, you know, when once more. Oh, Adam's reading this. No, no, no. I, I'll read it. <laughs> Uh, so he's in his study when once more the MIB appear in a sulfurous mist and take him to a cold metallic room, like think like a surgery wing or something. Uh, now in walk three strikingly beautiful women in tight white uniforms with their silver hair held up in buns by a halo type device. Now, he felt somewhat at ease when the women paralyzed him with a deep stare from their glowing eyes and moved him onto a metal bench. They removed all of his clothes and massaged a strange liquid onto every inch of his skin without exception. I think I've seen this one. <laughs> now, it actually sounds like Tron Legacy. <laughs> well, maybe that's where they got the idea. Uh, now, Then a machine came down from the ceiling and shone a powerful purple light on him. Now, he said he was later told that this process would, quote, prevent the one dreaded disease on your planet, which all persons fear. Now, what do we? Chlamydia. So we think that's chlamydia? COVID-19. Well, apparently it was uh, cancer. And I guess this guy was like a huge hypochondriac, so it makes sense that he would kind of develop this story as a lonely guy, a young guy, lonely, a lonely young guy with an unhealthy fear of cancer. Or like a fear of his palms turning hairy and him going blind. (laughs) Now, now he also describes how this light slowly gave him powers over time. This guy sounds like a psychopath. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I mean, this guy, as we said, ma- top just to now. <laughs> as we said, <laughs> massive hypochondriac. So apparently, he writes about that how he asked some guy to put out his cigar on the bus, and the guy wouldn't put it out. Uh, so he kind of just wished to himself that this he would burn this guy would burn himself with his cigar. And later, he learned that this gentleman died in a fire from smoking in bed. Psycho. And so I guess he thought this was some power from the purple light. 
that it gave him to sort of wish death on thine enemy. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, did he end up getting cancer? Uh, no, I don't think he did end up getting cancer. Well, then it worked. <laughs> it probably did. Now, just died alone in his dad's fucking attic. So, yeah. So that's <laughs> dungeon. That's uh, so that's Bender's side of of getting into this MIB lore. Now, again, what could be a fake name? So we got Bender. We got Barker, <laughs> who wrote of Bender's tale, would kind of embellish things. Now, John Keel of Mothman fame. We talked about him on our Mothman episode. Now, he also wrote about the MIBs in the Mothman prophecies. Um, now, in Keel's rendering of UFO intelligences, um, they aren't simply extraterrestrials, but they are ultra terrestrials. They are basically entities from unimaginable other dimensions of reality. This is his whole kind of theory and spiel on UFOs. So, you know, he brings a sort of Jacques Vallée flair to the whole cryptid world. A certain je ne sais quoi. Now, worse, he says, they definitely do not like us at all. Human beings, Keel says, are like ants trying to view reality with very limited perceptive equipment. Uh, we are biochemical robots, helplessly controlled by forces that can scramble our brains, destroy our memories, and use us in a way they see fit. And they have been doing it to us forever. So Keel definitely gets more like out there in his theories, you know? And these MIBs for him are some like almost interdimensional uh, phenomenon, so to speak. Get a little uh, simulation theory vibe here. Exactly. Well, okay. Uh, possibly. You know, just almost like other wor- like something we can't comprehend is going on. We're someone's we're someone's Sims game right now is what he's saying. Yeah, these guys are able to do whatever they want with us in the blink of an eye. Yeah, they're on Impractical Jokers right now. Hey, tell these three <laughs> assholes to make a podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure that's <laughs> talk the, about aliens. The MIB is just Merjo and Sal out there, just in each other's earpieces. <laughs> <laughs> tell him we're gonna kill him if he doesn't stop doing hey, the UFO research. That's not a bad uh, pitch for an interdimensional <laughs> TV show. <laughs> All right, Rick. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Um, now, all right. So we've covered the basis of like the sightings origins. We've got the descriptions. Let's get into some popular sightings. Now, guys, there is hundreds, thousands of MIB sightings. You go on Reddit, uh, you can read them for days. They're all like, the thing is, as I'm doing all this research, like with MIB sightings, Basically, you just have like someone's word. Anybody can write up. This is what I saw. This is what it's I like encountered. With UFO sightings. Yeah, I guess. There's but thousands of them, but there's only a couple yeah, good pictures. Couple good pictures. Couple good. Uh, couple good ones. Couple ones it, that hold some water. And if you pay cash and don't have a receipt, who's gonna believe you? Exactly. Now, <laughs> I have. I have uh, dove into this research. I have handpicked about three good sightings that we can get into, uh, you know. So let's get into some of these more popular sightings. Now, what do you hear? What do you say? New Jersey, 1968. UFO researcher Jack Robinson and his wife Mary began to experience some high strangeness if they as they dove deeper into some alien and UFO related research. Now they would come home to once again find their house had been rummaged through, looked through, 
and their UFO files were disturbed. Now, Mary also began to notice a strange man in a black suit and hat staring up at their apartment from the doorway. Now, Mary mentioned this activity to a friend who drove over and saw what she was talking about for himself. Now, this friend, Mr. Timothy Beckley, snapped a photo of the man, and this is believed to be one of the most ironclad pieces of proof of the men in black. And I will post this photo on the Instagram, and there is the picture right there. Now, what are we thinking? Looks like Alfred Hitchcock hanging out in an alley. Now, so this, again, (laughs) picture of a guy, black suit, black hat, just watching ominously from this doorway. Just a guy. It's a picture of a guy. It's a picture of a guy. Now, you don't know that that's not a man in black, Rob. That is a man in black, dude. That is technically a man in black. Technically, yeah. Now, technically, some, I'm a man in black right now. Some some claim that uh, you know this is New Jersey, 1968. Uh, this is probably some someone keeping watch for a local bookie. Jackie, where's the freaking money? Huh? Yeah, this is freaking uh, Tony Spumoni. You over here Tony. looking at freaking <laughs> UFO pictures? You owe me uh, three grand from last week. Hey, huh? this is Tony's game. Why don't you take your freaking UFO gobbledygook out of here, huh? <laughs> so Giants aren't gonna freaking win. Okay, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Now I don't know if this is a man in black or not. This could be freaking, as we said, Tony Spumoni over here in the corner. <laughs> He's Looking out for the poker game. He's guarding the bookie. Um, who knows? Churchill, yeah. Uh, yeah, now, but again, as I said, within UFO lore, this is considered like one of the best um, photographic evidence, I guess, of a man in black. This is the tic-tac of MIB. <laughs> yeah, this is the tic-tac of MIB <laughs> sightings. Now, now, next sighting, we'll get to, this is a little celebrity sighting for you gentlemen. So Mr. Dan Aykroyd. As we have discussed on our of Ghostbusters fame on our Ghostbusters episode, uh, and now as we know, Dan Aykroyd huge into UFOs, huge into like the occult, that sort of shit. Now huge into dressing like a man in black. <laughs> now he also allegedly has had a run in with an infamous man in black in 2002. The Sci-Fi Channel greenlit. UFO enthusiast Dan Aykroyd's talk show about the paranormal. Uh, And despite dozens of episodes being filmed, the show was abruptly canceled and never aired. Now, Dan claims that they were taping the show when he stepped out to take a phone call from uh, Britney Spears, no less. He says he stepped out of the show. I, I found a video on YouTube of him talking about it. He steps out answers Britney's phone call. She's calling him up to do SNL with her, which I did look up and Dan Allegedly. Ac- no, Dan Aykroyd was on SNL with Britney Spears. I would love uh, to be on SNL with Britney in Spears. In 2002, February 2nd, we 2002, check it out. Um anywhom, he steps out to take a call. He says he looked um he looks across the street, notices a black Ford parked and a tall man dressed in black Uh, dressed in typical MIB fashion, steps out of the back and stares him down. And knowing what we know now, that could have been Britney's dad. (laughs) Maybe. Trying to scare him off. Now, Aykroyd says he turns away for a brief moment, turns back, and like kind of did a double take, you know? And within that time, the man and the car had completely vanished. Now, I don't think Britney's dad is doing that. Might. 
Might. Guy's got a lot of money. Now, upon his return to the studio, he was told the show had been canceled and was ordered to stop filming immediately. Now, that's pretty strange, right? And I did look this up. This is true. The sci-fi film, 12 episodes, and this stuff never aired. Where's the Where's the footy? Obviously, the men in black probably took it, Rob. The men in black were the network execs saying <laughs> 86 this show. Yeah, basically Allegedly. he's basically he's got 40 minutes of footy, but the men in black <laughs> said he can't use it. <laughs> you know? Because it's already been done in 411 issue number 52. Theory material right there. Well, now some doubt this claim, but Ackroyd says he knew what he saw and maintains that there was some kind of connection between these MIB and the end of his paranormal show. Interesting. You guys want to just start a talk show where we uh, do a paranormal and occult shit? Yeah, we already live, did. It's live. called Podcast <laughs> from Outer Space. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it right now. Live. It's happening right now. Live no, we don't, we don't do live. We're not Bill O'Reilly. We'll do it live. Fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> this isn't Tucker Carlson. I need a teleprompter. You type it up. I read. You can't read. <laughs> I can't read while I'm looking at you, trying not to laugh. All right, all right. Well, come Erase on, drop. Head over here. Let's get back to these sightings. Let's not. We're not starting a she- TV the show MIB to be shut down by the right MIB. Now. Meme news source live. And how's that? How's <laughs> meme news going? <laughs> MIB stole all my footage, dude. <laughs> okay. So that's the excuse. Now, now this next one. Particularly important that I threw this one in here. So this is the Shane Sovar 2008 hotel footage. Now, take a look at this picture here. Again, I'll put this on the uh, Instagram. Have you guys seen this footage before? Probably. I have. No? Okay. In my research. This is all over. Yeah, this is all over YouTube. Like, even if you don't recognize the name Shane Sovar hotel footage, you and you are, if, if you're like, slightly into this kind of stuff i'm sure you've at least seen this footage this is this is on all of those alien shows like or like top five youtube type videos or rob's go-to sources buzzfeed and tmz it's all over there <laughs> you forgot what you <laughs> yeah now so this is security footage from a hotel manager named shane sovar and this stuff starts popping up online so this is from the sheraton falls view hotel now, the video itself contains a clip of two uh, tallish, I guess we'll say, men in black trench coats, black fedora hats, walking into a hotel. Now, I will say, looking at this photo, this looks like two like midgets standing on, two little people standing on top of each other in a trench coat. Okay, like a, like a little rascals type uh, <laughs> yeah, that's scenario exactly here. what this looks okay. like. Now, so... Th- uh, well, that fits the description of MIB's odd-looking odd gentleman. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, so the tale goes that this Shane Sovar fella, he spots a UFO one night at work managing this hotel. Now, keep in mind, this Sovar guy is actively into UFOs uh, and has been for most of his life. Now, I don't really know the timeline here, but apparently he's at work one day, as we said, hotel manager, bellboy comes rushing in his office he's all flustered he's agitated and he says hey these guys are in here yesterday looking for you he describes them wearing black suits black trench coats old-fashioned fedora hats and extremely extremely pale skin 
So Shane goes and finds the tape. He sees these guys and he sees they apparently spoke with a young lady who worked at the tour desk. So he has her come in, tell him what she can about these guys. Now she gives a similar description. However, she describes them as very, very scary. Uh, Now she said they had no facial hair. They had no eyebrows, no eyelashes, nothing. Their hair looked like they had a wig on, like it was attached to their hat, (laughs) like it wasn't even real. And the scariest thing, their eyes were so big and blue, they seemed to hypnotize this lady. They also did not blink once. And she swore that these gentlemen knew what she was thinking. So pretty strange tale, right? Now, some internet investigators note that there's there's no footage of these guys leaving. Uh, there's no footage of them anywhere else in the hotel, which is odd considering most hotels have multiple cameras, correct? You know, in all these crime shows, you see like hotel footage. They've got like 10 different cameras. There's cameras outside. There's cameras everywhere in hotels. It's a Sheraton, dude. Come on. <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> all the more reason for them to have cameras. Uh, now... There's a couple things here. So we got to keep in mind. So aerialphenomenon.org API was originally was only registered seven months before this entire, I guess, like footage starts popping up. Now, while this was all allegedly filmed in 2008, the footage only came to light in 2012 and around April. Now, what happened in May of 2012? Your boy T got his bachelor's degree. And your favorite film came out, Men in Black 3. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you know, maybe this could be associated with that. You know, he's trying to get hits on the internet. Now, another internet sleuth looked at the pattern of the rugs in the hotel, and they changed between 2012, when this was recorded. Now, that user contacted the desk and asked when they were changed. Apparently, they were changed sometime in March 2011, which means that this had been filmed sometime before that. Mm. Now, although Sovar denies the hoax angle, like people are saying this Sovar guy just hoaxed this because he's into UFOs. This is coming out exclusively on this site that was only registered seven months before the, the footage. Um, so they're saying, you know, hoax. Um, but some others say like, Hey, maybe this was his coworkers messing with him. If they knew he was into <laughs> UFOs, they send a few guys to rough him up. Um, not rough prank, not rough him up, but just not rough him up, but just kind of be like, Hey, he's got, yeah. You know, that's a funny prank, right? We would have done that. <laughs> rough him up. Tough talk. Him. Yeah. We probably would have given him LSD first. Um, <laughs> and then, but, I mean, what are we thinking? Classic prank? I think this is hoax likely. With all the bullet points, it's probably a hoax. Mm. Might be. What are we thinking? No? Do you know a couple of tall guys in trench coats that you can send to just hoax your friend? A couple of Hasidic Jews, you know? <laughs> you got a couple on call? <laughs> yeah. Get a couple of Hasidic Jews out there. Um now let's get into okay. So that's some no some curls in the video. Yeah, that, that is true. Uh, also, no facial hair. Uh, now it's frowned upon in the community. So 
those are just three sightings that I thought were uh, pretty interesting, pretty popular. Run the gambit. You know, we got a celebrity. We got what seems to be ironclad proof. And then we got a hoax. Now, let's get into some of the uh, pulp pop culture as well as we can get into the the film here teabag because um as we said you know men in black becomes this huge huge movie when we're kids that's how we all get into it um now men in black comic book series i thought you know i had never really like looked at the comic books had you guys ever have not i mean i've seen them but I've never actually like read a book. Okay. The comic book? The comic book, that is. The comic book before the movies? Correct. Like what the movies are based on. I had not seen that either, but I feel like I saw one that had like, it must have been like a movie interpretation because it had like Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because they have those now. But I mean, before the movie, this was a comic book series created by Lowell Cunningham and Sandy Carruthers. Uh, now, Cunningham had the idea for the comic once a friend of his introduced him to this concept of men in black within UFO culture. Um, now in 1997, of course we get the film starring Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones, loosely based on the comics. Now main differences. And I thought this was pretty cool. Comic men in black is basically an international intelligence organization, which oversees and investigates both good and evil paranormal activity on Earth, including alien life, demons, mutants, zombies, werewolves, vampires, cryptids, and other paranormal beings. So it's cool, like everything. Cool. Um, Sign me up. Now, in order to keep their investigation secret, much of the global population are unaware of their activities and are liable to be neuralized, just like I did to you guys at the top of the episode. Uh, so that is uh, still in the comics. Uh, it is blanks their memory, you know, classic from the movie. Um, now, one of the agents, I guess, becomes rogue after sort of learning that the MIB seek to keep the supernatural hidden in order to maintain and reshape the world in their own image, which I thought was interesting because isn't that that's like kind of in the film, right? The guys going rogue, the agents. Or like they're not, they start, doesn't, doesn't Will Smith at one point start to like question the agency? Oh yeah. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I feel like that's, that's kind of taken from the comics, but comics pretty fucking badass. Check them out. If you haven't, the artwork is pretty awesome. Um, now do we have anything else on like pop culture, the movies that you gentlemen wanted to get into? I mean, come on. We've all seen the movies. They're all classics. Will Uh, Smith rapping. Yeah, I think right. I had. Didn't you guys have the Burger King toys? Yeah, they had the little uh, cricket. I think I had. Hash. It was like a pen neuralizer. I think. I think they had that as well. The neuralizer was sick, and I also remember um, Rob. There was something that came with like one of the toys, or maybe it was a movie book, and it was like a quiz on like if you're an alien and it was like you know do you ever look oh, at the stars I and wish feel- we would have had that so we could yeah ask <laughs> <laughs> well it was like you know do you ever look at the stars and feel homesick do you ever notice like slime when you're walking now rob made me take this quiz i'm a young guy and i he convinced me that i was an alien <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that like actually in the movie though too? Like they're asking him all them questions. I feel like that was at some point. 
they ask him questions, but it uh, just little, like that. A little though. different, though. Yeah, a little different. I think. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I haven't I mean, seen the third film, so I can't say. My knowledge on the MIB fictional films isn't up to date. I've been doing too much knowledge on the actual MIBs. The, the movie version is what they want you to think. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, let's get into some theories, all right? Because, I mean, what are we thinking, guys? Because, you know, just who these men in black are is murky at best. Am I right? You're right. I mean, there's right, some there's some Saucerians out there, <laughs> which is a better word for UFO heads. Um, <laughs> they link them to like some sort of black ops, as we said, government agency. Uh, some link them to a silence group associated with the international banking interests that seek to stifle the technological advances that the extraterrestrials want to give us Earthlings and others think that these MIB are alien beings themselves. So let's get into that one first. Aliens uh, or extraterrestrials. Demi, we're not trying to offend anybody. Demi Lovato. <laughs> um, so obviously... This is a different kind of alien. Obviously, we have the whole Bender story, which claims that these guys are ETs. You know, they're, they're like in this base in Antarctica from the planet Kazakh, right? Kazakhstan. What are we thinking of? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are we thinking of the theory that they're aliens? I feel like that's the most far-fetched one to make you think that it's not real at all. Make it just okay. seem oh, like wow. a conspiracy theory. So that's to discredit this thing. Disinfo. Because if they are aliens, let's break that down. So if that's the case... <laughs> let's just break this down. Let's break this down. So the extraterrestrials are possibly creating the phenomenon, the UFO phenomenon... And then they're also attempting to like police it. You know what? What would be the reasoning there? Exactly. <laughs> do we do we have any anything? That's why I'm saying that one's kind of out the window for me, personally. Okay, so not aliens. Maybe what about like another race of aliens that likes us, and then we're seeing mm. maybe not that that race, and they're like, hey, we can't have them. If they like this. us, why would they lie to us? Well, that's true. You know. Oh. I got the same question about women. You never told a little white lie? Maybe they're aliens. <laughs> they probably are. They're like they're like the woods. All right. Mysterious now, and full of wolves. Now this next theory <laughs> But I want to go back to this because you're talking about them I mean they're getting to control what information gets released in that instance, right? Yeah, but why so you're saying maybe they got seen by accident and now they have to do their own policing? Yeah. And maybe Maybe they want some stuff to be leaked. And again, maybe it's to distract us from a bigger picture. I don't know. Okay, so in I, your... I, I did find it very interesting that Rob thought this was the most far-fetched one. Okay, so in your aliens theory, if we're, we're in your head, they're aliens. Sure. Are these aliens in your theory working with the government or this is a completely rogue alien agency? Maybe they've infiltrated the go. I feel like that's what happened in the movie too, and I know that's not supposed to be a, a frame of reference. But so I'm just you're saying, going like, in the movie. That's that's like the connection with Men in Black that I have. All right. Well, we're, we got to try to break that. I understand that. I understand that. I'm just saying, theoretically, could they not be aliens who infiltrated a government agency, or could they not be their own agency policing 
Okay, so your theory is straight out of the movie, and we're thinking this is a possibility. If we're if you're willing to bite and accept this theory, sure. Well, are you? Is what I'm asking. Um, for right now, I'm waiting to hear these other theories that you have. Okay, now this one I think you guys will like. So, could this all stem from a mentally ill Bender? So Al Bender, you know, the big daddy of MIB lore, the guy who this seemed to originate with. Uh, If we're sticking with the Bender story, Nick Redfern writes in his book that this whole phenomenon could have possibly come from a mentally ill Bender. Uh, You know, I mean, this guy basically, as we said, he had no social life. Uh, He's a a severe hypochondriac. He complains of these horrible migraines linked to his visions. Could he possibly have had like epilepsy? And all this was sort of conjured up from an episode. You know, this plagues his lonely mind. He's a sci-fi writer. And bing, bang, boom, you've got the beginnings of uh, UFO folklore, so to speak. That would make... If he's having seizures and stuff and like, you know, they got the bright lights and that makes me think of his whole hallucination with all them girls and like the purple... Yeah, exactly, right? I could could see that. Plus, this man's got demon den... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys are saying he's a psychopath. He's a maniac in his own right, and which a lot of brilliant writers are. And maybe this guy was sure. a, a great sci-fi writer that just was really fucking off base or something, you know? <laughs> really off base. Yeah. Uh, what do we think in there? Possibly? This is a no for me, dog. Okay, so we're, we got two <laughs> no's around. This man just shit on right, everything right. tonight. All right, now how about possible like? Uh, okay, this is just another classic attempt at disinfo. Like, oh, this guy is fucking crazy. Can't believe anything he says. He probably just made this shit up. But you said yourself he sounded way batshit off the wall. <laughs> okay, but I'm just saying there's so many si- different like observations, sightings, sightings encounters with okay. these people throughout history. So that's that what's killing it. For and you. it's not all centered around that same Sound time timing. frame. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it did, but it does all seem to stem from that. So is it, I think the theory here is that like this guy made up the story from his like epilepsy episode. He wrote it down. Some people took it as fact and just ran with it. Okay. Now I would like, I'd be curious to see like all these other People that say they've seen it, do they suffer from epilepsy as well? That'd be interesting to me. Oh, so maybe the, no, this is the number of people. Yeah. An epilepsy thing. Maybe. So it's like the sleep paralysis thing where everyone sees the same entity uh, at the foot similar, of the bed. Similar. Deal. Yeah. Mm. Uh, now, even going off of that, that is another theory of like paranormal entities or demons or even tulpas, which I think I have a better understanding of now. Because which episode were we talking about tulpas on? Was that the uh, Jewish shelf, the Jewish closet? Oh, the D-book, right? <laughs> Jewish yeah. closet. The D-book closet. <laughs> what was it? The, the, the Jewish cabinet? closet. Is this, closet is, like, is this like if R. Kelly was Jewish? Can we start a uh, corner store in New York call it the Jewish <laughs> closet? <laughs> we'll what ta- was we'll, that thing? We'll talk to Miles. We'll was back the D-book. To it was the D-book box. The box. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So a wine cabinet. All right. So back to this <laughs> Jewish theory. closet. So back to this theory. So John Keel, you know, as we said, he has these ideas of like they're paranormal, they're extra ter- or they're ultra terrestrial. Um, and he has ultra. This, 
Were you not listening at all? Yeah. Jesus Christ. So John Keel has these ideas that most of these sightings fall into the realm of paranormal. Now, some also suggest that these MIB could specifically have a demonic origin to them. And I was reading into this, and it seems to suggest that uh, like this Bender guy was obsessed with the occult. Uh, you know, as we said, he had demons all over the wall. So he's like almost like some sort of like Crowley or Jack Parsons type mm. character. Maybe he does some ritual, summons up some ancient thing or some sort summons of dick devil. Yeah. Summons these dick devils by accident. <laughs> they're, and ru- then, they're rummaging through his things. Yeah, you've got this MIB thing. Taking his clothes off, rubbing oils on him. What do we think about that? Paranormal aspect. Is that a possibility? I mean, for me, it is. I don't. This is why I don't fuck with that, like exorcisms and all the other stuff. I don't oh, so fuck you, with demons, you're not fucking man. with the demons? Okay. No. Well, I yeah, think this they, could really happen. Okay. Well, they do have like a lot believe that the UFO phenomenon as a whole has some type of demonic origins, and I think Mr. M Night Shyamalan is a big proponent of this one. You know, like mm. the movie Signs. Have you heard the theory that it's like all very? It's like a religious movie. Because, like, the guy's a pastor. He loses his faith. The aliens are actually demons. The water destroys them. Like, everything happens for a reason. It's a very religious film. Mm. If you look at it. If you read between the lines. Rewatch it, yeah. And so, possibly, aliens could be demons, maybe. Mm. What do we think in there? So, you think, obviously, this could be some sort of demon thing? The so men I'm in, buying into all three of these. This not, guy's the one pissing on all of them. <laughs> not even aliens, but just the MIBs, are we thinking? Could be demonic? Or well, maybe this guy confused <clears throat> these demons to be MIB. Yeah, I'm going with Adam on that. I think in this specific scenario where this guy's drawing devils and shit on his wall and is like <laughs> completely out of his element, that maybe he's doing some weird shit and that's just his interpretation of it. Well, this is, as that's whole, not his theory. As his, that's someone else's theory. Okay. He did oh. draw the demons, but it's not his theory that they're demons. I Yeah, I, I know that. I'm saying like... Well, you just said that was his interpretation of it, which it's not. His interpretation that they're MIB and not demons because he's a fucking crackhead. <laughs> he's not a crackhead. He didn't smoke crack. Oh, okay. Have you ever been locked into a metallic room with purple light shining well, on what you while you some lady say? jerks maybe you off? I don't know, but if there's three women in there. Maybe they're discrediting him, Rob. Dick they're sell- The government's selling him crack to Dick discredit devils. his stories. Yeah, what you just said, the government, not some fucking demon. Maybe there's... That's, okay. that's where I'm going. That's what I think. But that, again, that's... His, well, his theory was that they're aliens. He said they're from the planet Kazakh. Took him to a base in Antarctica. Allegedly. <laughs> no, that's not allegedly. They he li- did write They that live in, in Antarctica and live off of fucking oysters and fungus. Okay. Now, I'm still reading the same book, and they have the whole Tulpa's theory in there, which is like... Okay, so in our episode, our understanding of the Tulpa was the whole like imaginary friend type deal, but it's like a separate entity in your mind. Hmm. Now, in this book, he explains it as a Tulpa, I guess, is is essentially some type of like Tibetan ritual where you actually have to like meditate and think about this entity to like form it. And then possibly, like, as we said, this could have got out of control. And now it, it exists in, like, 
the collective conscious mind and they're springing these things are coming into the actual world and they feed off of like fear and negative energy. And that's why people always yeah. are like fearful of them or it's like very negative vibes when these things are around. Oof. So it's like the more you fear them, you're actually feeding these tulpas, you know? Now, he also has another theory going off the tulpas that they could possibly be vampires, which is like, that's why you have the pale skin. You have the bright red lipstick. They're like uncanny. I guess, I think in one of the encounters, the guy actually invited them in to the house and maybe they can't come in unless they're invited, just like the old vampire tales, you know? Well, that throws that footage right out the window because those guys are walking in broad daylight. Exactly. Um, yeah, but they got an all black coat. They got that hat covering their eyes. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're. I don't know vampire law how it works. <laughs> maybe they're their sparkling. skin would still go sparkle light up, dude, like a goddamn Fourth of <laughs> July firecracker. Okay, so probably not vampires. How about tulpas? Possibly. That's the first possible for me. Okay. All right, well, how about this one? I think you're going to like this one, Rob. We got one for you. So how about time travel? Now, we discussed this briefly last episode with Lonnie Zamora, uh, correct? Like aliens are possibly beings from, from the future coming back, right? Tracking? Tracking. Tracking. Now, how this relates to MIBs um, is could be like, why are they always in black suits with those old fedora-style hats? Well, apparently in this book, um, this is like the most universal outfit to go relatively unnoticed, you know? Yeah, maybe in 1950. Yeah, but even today you see a guy walking around in a black suit. Like it might be a little odd, but you wouldn't be like, it's not like a guy walking around in a metal knight's armor. You know, <laughs> you know, it's a little more reasonable <laughs> or like a fucking space suit. Like you'd be like, what the fuck? If you saw a guy like from Mars attacks, you'd be like, what the <laughs> hell is that? Wouldn't um, surprise me in today's day and age. But, you know, this, this is like a universal outfit. And how do they have these brand spanking new older model cars? Mm. Maybe they're picking them up from the past. They're that bringing government them money, baby. They're bringing them around, you know. And now, furthermore, if we go into the time travel theory as like a big picture for the UFO phenomenon, could these MIBs be like some sort of uh, like in Loki? They're they're the TVA, or like uh, Lo- isn't that the plot of Looper? Like they have to police the uh, the past because they're basically like keeping order of this sacred timeline. Because think about it. Like let's say let's let's just give this an example. One day, someone discovers time travel. It's possible to go backwards and forwards in time. Uh, one guy goes back. He changes a few things. Marty McFly. Yeah. Which and he fucks up the timeline. Yeah, but he goes back to his own future. Now, on an- another timeline diverted with his old self, the old future. Now, once time time travel is more accessible, it starts happening more frequently, Eventually, we're going to need some sort of regulation here. Am I right? Terminator. Yeah, like you can't have Biff out here making millions off the sports almanac left and right. Um, You might. This could also explain, hear me out here, the Mandela effect. 
You know, we've got these little changes, these little things people remember wrong. Could this be because they, the these timelines constantly changing and these MIBs are policing this timeline. So this kind of flips the trope on its head. These aren't uh, bad guys at all. These are the good guys all along keeping order in our central finite curve. But who is MIB being the MIB? Who is watching the watchmen? No one, baby. Well, apparently it's the, uh, what's the gentleman from uh, the Loki? The Watcher. The Loki. <laughs> Was that him? Is that the Watcher, is it? Owen Wilson. No, who's the black guy? Kang. Kang the, it's Kang the Kang. Conqueror. Kang the Conqueror, dude. Uh, no, maybe, yeah, maybe it is. What do you think about this theory, though? MIBs are possibly this like time travel police force. Yeah, but at a certain point, they're going to stop having to wear a fucking fedora and black suit. Am I right? Why not? That never goes out of style. Why do the Yankees always wear pinstripes? <laughs> See how the team can't stop looking at them. Two mice fell in a bucket of cream. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like what? No, it, but that that is interesting. I, again, that kind of feeds off the plot of the movie. Like I feel like uh, J and K are good guys, right? Yeah, they're keeping order. Okay. Okay, I'm tracking there. Um, all right, so maybe we're not buying that. It's a little out there. I get it. Time travels a little hard to wrap your your mind around. Um, now, how about just an outright hoax? You know, so this is right in line with the whole. Uh, I guess there a lot of people question Gray Barker's character, as we said. Shades of Gray Barker. Yeah, he was the original guy who wrote Bender's Tale in his novel. Now Bender's Tale. I mean. Bender, I hardly know her. So was there any legitimate fact to this all along? Was it some elaborate story conjured up to freak people out? Because with Barker's book, you know, we kind of need to take it with a grain of salt. I'm doing some more digging and I find an article from Skeptical Inquirer, quote, Gray Barker, my friend, the myth maker by John C. Sherwood. So Gray Barker, he kind of spread the MIB story to a wide audience with his book, uh, you know, and apparently he didn't mind if uh, sensational flying, sa flying saucer stories he published were made up as long as they were presented as fact. To him, this was all apparently a joke. Now, basically, the article kind of gets at that this guy was uh it was all in it for the money you know he loved to sensationalize these tales you know really do it up do it up uh and uh he didn't care if it was made up uh he's like that uh shattered glass guy you ever seen that movie glass with shattered glass with anakin skywalker that's the name of the movie shattered glass yeah, it's Anakin like, Skywalker. <laughs> it's just shattered glass. <laughs> Apparently, he like is some guy for Rolling Stone or something or Wired magazine. Just like made up all these stories, like the Million Little Pieces guy. But uh, any new any news station makes up news, dude. <laughs> Meme news. Dude, Welcome no, to America. It's not, a, it's not news. It's like he would write these insane stories, like, Hunter Clickbait. Thompson type Clickbait. articles. The, and then they were like, dude, this isn't fucking true. What? Is this the same guy that said, uh, I don't write, these aren't science fiction stories. This is the same guy? No, that was Bender. Okay. Bender, Bender said it was not science fiction. Uh, Gray Barker, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of, do you trust this guy? 
So this Wired magazine gentleman was being treated like uh, almost like the movie Almost Famous. It's a hoax. It's almost, it's almost up. famous. Maybe, but I mean, that's a whole nother episode for another day. With the, with the Wired magazine guy with Shattered Glass. Or just watch the movie Shattered Glass. Am I? But basically all fake. So could this all be just like a hoax? This guy adds bits and pieces here and there to spruce it up. And bing, bang, boom, you got this whole tale. What are we thinking there? Hoax? Not buying it. Okay, why? Too many stories or what? Too many stories. Okay. Now, it is also worth noting, though, that Howard Dahl's report of a man in black sighting predates Barker's alleged hoax by almost a decade. But again, you know, could this have been his inspiration? Maybe he saw that little, uh, this guy's into UFOs. He saw that little bit. He decides to expand on it. And then it becomes a part of the lore. What are we thinking there? What year did uh, Barker release this again? You can't even tell me because you're looking at Three it. years after 1953. Three years after. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I made a whole thing about that. Yeah, so no. What do you, you know mean? how hard it was to get information back there? It wasn't like you just type in UFO sighting and all this stuff comes filtering in. Yeah, but if you're into UFOs, you're going to see the few things written you're getting on that bulletin. Yeah, you're getting space reviewed <laughs> <laughs> until mib shuts it down um okay so so not a hoax um how about a myth you know uh phil Patton in the new york times he looked at this whole phenomenon through the lens of a myth ufos included ufos and mibs now this article i was reading came around came out around the time of the first Men in Black movie in 97. See, classic clickbait. And this, well, yeah, I mean, he just is kind of going through the history, and he says you I can... he is. The transformation of the story from a, a first press report to a folkloric tale to a comic book and now to a film just kind of illustrates how myths transform over time. You know, now he says that this process is not unlike the game of telephone uh you know classic now another literary critic calls this innovation by misinterpretation so could the whole mib be some sort of innovation by misinterpretation it's like we said we got the first story maybe gray barker sees that or maybe he has a genuine mib encounter who knows and it, it kind of expands on it here, expands on it there. You got little bits and pieces added in every story. Uh, that's why all these stories are always all over the place. And then you get a, a snowballing and a myth-making. Turn it into a whole damn franchise. Exactly. Turn it into a whole fucking film franchise. Yeah. What are we thinking there? I like that one. Okay, yeah. So, so far, is that the strongest one we've come across? Mm. I still like the Tulpas one better than this one. Tulpas, really? That's your strongest theory you think is Tulpas? And this is all from the mind of, we think, in Bender? So far, yeah. Okay. Now, how about this theory? And this is one that I like the most. Nerds. <laughs> so... If we look at uh, we look at like UFOs, ufology. Now we got to look at NICAP. This is the NICAP. 
NICAP. This is the National Investigation Committee on Aerial Phenomenon, and this was founded in 1956 by physicist Thomas Townsend Brown. Mm, interesting time. Now, he basically <laughs> approached investigating UFOs very scientifically. You know, he was like, he's like Neil deGrasse or Bill Nye. He wants to look at things just through the lens of science. Mm. Now, this, this like is everyone these days, but this is just an independent research organization. You know, there's no government affiliation here. So the theory here is maybe some of these guys got a bit aggressive when uh, researching some of these UFO sightings or a little excited. Yeah. yeah. Interviewing these UFO witnesses. I mean, look at where a lot of these things happen. It's like you said on the last episode, T-Bag. Do you have to have a weird name and live in the <laughs> middle of nowhere to see these things? Now, in the mid-60s, you go out to some rural part of the country and you interv- interview uh, Jim Bob Bowen and Uncle Ramus <laughs> about seeing a UFO, telling them you're from NICAP in Washington, D.C. They aren't going to know you're not with the government, right? Okay. Furthermore, these guys may have confiscated photos or told people to shut up so that their organization could have the exclusive scoop on the case. You know? That makes sense. What I'm thinking is, when's the last time that you were intimidated by a nerd? Again, Rob, this is the 60s. This This isn't 2021 where you got fucking tons of uh, subgenres of people. Still. So, so you're saying this theory holds no water? I mean, maybe a little bit. But I mean, maybe not all these guys were nerds. But I'm you just know, saying, if you're a nerd running around with a badge saying you're with an organization, yeah. to some big old strong guy, he might come with you and be your muscle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so you're saying just because these guys are nerds, nobody can be intimidated by them, so you're not buying this theory? I mean, I can see where the point of view is coming from, but I don't, I don't, I'm not buying this one. Okay. It's interesting, but again, not just because they're nerds. Now, again, you're a big bad uh, lawyer, Rob. Put yourself in the shoes of maybe some young, small town female who sees a UFO, maybe has a picture of it, and one of these guys comes up flashing a nightcap badge, wants to confiscate it. You gonna tell him to go pound sand, nerd? Yeah. <laughs> get out of here. Hey, why don't you get back to the typewriter, nerd? All right. Well, maybe not everybody is a jock bully, Rob. We're not <laughs> That's all what I am. Yeah, we're not all hockey players out here intimidating anybody who comes across us. Now, going off of that theory, uh, so I'm reading the book The Real Men in Black by Nick Redfern, and he has this interesting bit in here about like a sort of uh so it, if this is going off of Rob's, I guess, strongest theory that this is somehow connected to the government. So do you remember when we covered the Washington, D.C. UFO flap? The UFO Zip Sorpin? Yep, Z- UFOs one over the our, White House. One of our best episodes to date. Check <laughs> okay. that one out. Uh, yeah. So how about the fact that maybe... Now, hold on. I need to read this. So let's, let's, let's put ourselves back in... The 1952 D.C. flap. So you're the U.S. government. You know, you're it's it's peak Cold War. You know, we're battling with Russia. We're afraid of communism. Now, apparently, there was this Robertson panel to investigate UFOs. And uh, it came out that, like, people who are interested in UFOs should be, like, 
you should watch out for those people. That was the government's recommendation. Now, they're saying that because they think that apparently these UFO organizations, similar to NICAP and, or like IFSB, what have you, could be easily infiltrated by Russians. So some Russian spies come over. They join this UFO organization. They basically like then would launch like a false UFO sighting or, or what have you, which would preoccupy the actual U.S. government. And then the, the actual like Russians could like launch some crazy secret attack. Makes sense. So that's almost like 4D chess, you know, even that the government would think that's all like dimensional that. chess. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, right? What are we thinking of that theory? Well, they gave themselves away when they said that they were from Kazakh and they were living down <laughs> in Antarctica eating fucking shellfish and fungus. <laughs> well, so uh, again, but that was just benders. Now, are we thinking the men in black as a whole? So you're thinking they are from Kazakh eating shellfish? No, I was just saying that sounds very Russian. Okay, so are they? So you think actually the the Russian theory holds up? I do. Okay, so maybe these guys. So then maybe the Men in Black could be Russians that perhaps were trying so, to infiltrate these groups. So take your nerd theory and just plug in Russians. To yeah, that. that's exa- that's <laughs> okay. that's exactly what I was just getting at. Like uh, maybe some Russians did try that to makes infiltrate. Makes a lot more sense. And they're intimidating people because hey, you're going to be intimidated by some Russians. Maybe, but not if they're slow speaking, acting like what a if they were idiot. nerdy Russians? Yeah, what if they were nerd Russians? No, not intimidated. Only intimidated by some like mafioso type Ruskies. Yeah, but then still, you're like these are Russians. They're not guys that are working for the U.S. government. What the fuck are these Ruskies doing? Maybe that's also why they're weird and like drinking bleach and like not knowing how to use a spoon. <laughs> they're just like <laughs> Russians. Maybe they're Polish. Oh, okay. okay, okay. <laughs> they, they come around looking for the recipe for ice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Damn. Now, going in... Okay, so let's go in further to this government theory. So Rob's plugging in Russians. Now, as we said... Whoa, whoa. Let's, uh, yeah, we can remove the Russians. Or remove the Russians. Back to the government. So as we said, top of the episode, the aliens rise and fall in popularity year after year. Uh, there always seems to be some resurgence, though. Am I right? And even eventually, like government approval, right? <clears throat> well, uh, nonetheless, you know, Roswell, Area 51, flashing lights, little green men, abductions. This has all been fed to us by way of the pop culture trough to the point of fatigue. Am I right? Yeah, sounds like a Kanye West album to me. I mean, as I said, MIBs have also found their way into pop culture by way of the successful film franchise, despite it being very different from some of the original or true MIB tales. Now, I'm watching this documentary called Mirage Men. Now this is all this is free on Tubi for all you listeners out there and it is based on the book of the very same name. Now this Mirageman it presents a pretty compelling theory that many of the stories and tales and staples that have become ingrained into UFO culture were essentially fabricated by the US government. Uh, so meaning 
perhaps rather than covering up the existence of aliens, could it be that the real conspiracy has been getting the general public to show interest or believe in aliens? And does this sound insane? Because as I was writing this, I already feel like I'm becoming some sort of like crackpot. <laughs> you know? No, I don't think it's insane. I feel like it kind of ties into the whole Russian thing. Like if there's shit going down, the government can be like, oh, don't worry about this. Worry about aliens. Aliens, people. They're out <laughs> okay. there. Okay. Weather, weather balloon. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are tracking. I thought I would have totally lost you by now. He's not wrong, buddy. Okay. So... <laughs> Now, let's hear this theory out. So this documentary mostly interviews this former Air Force Special Investigations officer named Richard Doty. Now, this guy, huge nerd. He looks like he looks like Andy Bernard with like no neck and pedo glasses. I'd be very afraid if this man came out. <laughs> now, all throughout this documentary, he admits to having infiltrated many UFO circles and amateur investigators. Uh, so he basically, so basically Doty approaches these UFO heads and he says, you know, Hey, I'm with the government. You cooperate with me. I'm going to tell you what the government really knows about UFOs deep down in those government vaults. Now he sees himself as like this inside man, deep throat type character, you know, I bet he does. <laughs> now he sets up this ruse. And Doty and his colleagues basically feed these idiot ufologists uh, outright lies mixed with some half-truths. And then he leaves it up to them to essentially fill in the blanks. He doesn't even care what they do with the information he tells them. <laughs> now, this does explain like a lot of uh, different tropes within UFO lore. So check this out. So let's say, for example, the military is testing some type of like top-secret technology. Uh, which we all know they do. Am I right? Sure. You sure. Gotta, you got to test your stuff like any good scientist, right? Um, now, it's going to be hard for them to truly test something without some mishaps uh, or even someone catching a glimpse of it. So if someone or a group of people does see it and they think it's uh, extraterrestrials, okay, yeah, you know, think that all you want. Now I've got cover for my project and furthermore, if the Soviets and China get wind of this and they think the U.S. is communicating with extraterrestrials, even oh. better, right? That's a win-win. Yeah. Yeah. I got cover for my secret tech and then possibly one of my uh, competitors thinks I'm I'm communicating with E.T. over here, phone and, and home. And they, they focus on, oh, we got to get in with exactly. these Yeah, win-win, yeah. baby. Okay, now... The timing of all of this pretty much correlates with the development of the stealth bomber, which is interesting. And this also kind of lines up with, Rob, your theory on the Zamora sighting from our last episode. You know, you said guy saw a missile and maybe they purposely fed him a UFO story. Now, I think this is a little bit different than what you originally said, but maybe it is like guy saw some secret tech and they were like, Maybe they sent some other people out to be like, I, maybe that was a UFO. And then he believes that, and it kind of snowballs into this myth of a UFO sighting. And then they blow up a TNT shed. <laughs> yeah, dynamite shack. Now, this also could be where the whole reverse engineering extraterrestrial tech comes into all of this. This could be one of the half-truths. 
You know, you got this guy Doty saying, uh, yeah, we're working on new technologies from aliens. <laughs> you know, it, like maybe he says it in different words, but they probably let these UFO head guys do most of the uh, talking and they just nod. Now they're working. Now they are obviously working on new tech, but they weren't reverse engineering stuff from extraterrestrials. So basically you're saying Bob Lazar is like a big disinfo guy. Not Bob Lazar. Like maybe he was fed something from someone mm. else. Like if they're compartmentalized and they're like, Hey, yeah, you're reverse engineering this. And Bob Lazar is like, what is this aliens? And they're like, yeah, Bob, it's aliens. <laughs> he's just like, yeah. Just and he's on just the other right, side yeah, of the two way yeah, mirror yeah, laughing yeah, their ass yeah. off. So something like that, a situation like that. But even like this guy's saying he took it a step further to basically infiltrate groups like NICAP or MUFON and kind of be like, hey, I can be your inside man working for the government. And he just kind of feeds them whatever bullshit they want to hear. So basically, a massive, this whole thing is like a massive disinfo campaign. Now, this also could explain the cattle mutilations. Now, I don't know if we've done an episode covering this, but obviously, cattle mutilations, big trope in UFOs. Um, now, Apparently, there was a big wave of mysterious cattle mutilations in the 1970s in New Mexico. Now, what this documentary says is that uh, this was apparently an investigation on radiation in livestock after they'd conducted underground nuclear testing. They were also, I guess, trying to get like natural gas out of the ground by uh, like nuclear fracking. I guess, you know, that sounds great. Yeah. And now you got, that's why you have these weird anomalies with cattle mutilations, like just the lymph nodes removed or like the skin removed. You have like exsanguination or draining of the blood. Apparently it was these government guys like testing what effect that had on the cattle. Jesus. So this kind of checks out. No, like we got some boxes checked here, right? Well, now that we're here, I would say, I was going to say that uh, the theory that I most believe is that it is a government agency that's behind this. And, you know, maybe there is a little disinfo there, but I still think that to some extent, if you did actually see something, they're going to come after you to tell you to kind of shut the fuck up. Now, when you say this, is that specifically UFOs as a whole or men in black? Men in black. Okay. Or cattle mutilations. <laughs> the two are one and the same. Now, keep keep tracking on this Mirage Men documentary. So how about coverage in the news? Now, mostly UFO coverage in the news is, is kind of uh, has been scoffed at until recent years, you know, not taken very seriously. Uh, even in the or even I guess in the recent news headlines, um, and sort of in line with the recent news headlines, you have this whole Tom DeLong disclosure. Uh, so maybe the government feeds this guy who's super into UFOs. He's a huge rock star. They feed him all this dim disinfo. He goes on Joe Rogan and all these news circuits, basically saying like. Hey, I know this, I know that about UFOs, <laughs> but I, I can't say much about it. Uh, basically, the government misleads him. He fills in the blanks, feeds that to the public, and it just keeps going in this kind of circular pattern, you know? Same thing with this Lou Elizondo guy. 
Uh, he's doing all this press a few months back with that Pentagon report that came out. You know, we covered him in that episode. Coincidentally, as we said, this guy was an army counterintelligence agent. And now he's disclosing stuff about UAPs. Oh, yeah. And he has a new book coming out. Which, again, from his Twitter, former Pentagon UFO official Louis Elizondo to reveal, quote, shocking details in new book. This guy, right, for the National Enquirer? Yeah. And I mean, what do we, we still know nothing. It's like you said, Teabag, it's all hearsay. We have all this new information, but what is it really? Another sighting, another video uh, of something that we, you can't really see that well. Nobody can defi- Nobody can say anything definitively. Don't we still not know anything? Like it's all, all these like documentaries that are coming out or like 60 Minutes does a special on the Tic Tac UFO and they're like, oh, they admitted aliens are real. They admitted UFOs are real. But it's like we still are at square one. You know, we covered that whole Pentagon report and it was just, yeah, we don't know what it is. <laughs> it's, it's not anything new, right? Well, if anything, that further feeds into my theory that it's like, government mishaps being covered with the excuse of, oh, that was a UFO. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So exactly what this documentary is saying, sort of. I mean, I don't know if that's the case for every single one, but if, yeah, we had a good is, amount of them probably. Then they definitely want you thinking it's some ex- unexplainable thing. And Hey, we released all this information about what we know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then it's like, Hey, fuck you guys. You know, we already gave you all the information that we know about. Yeah, we're working on our secret. What could t- that have been? Who knows? Definitely not our secret. <laughs> we didn't accidentally shoot a missile at your town. I'll tell you that much. It and was it, probably a UFO that crashed. And, and it, we can't even find the the evidence of it. And it really was in our secret new Tic Tac drone to freshen your breath. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've been working on that for years. Uh, now, in this documentary, they propose this theory that I guess like UFOs, extraterrestrials have essentially been moved into the entertainment branch of the media. So, you know, sci-fi movies, fiction, that sort of stuff, that sort of stuff. Now, depending on which theory you subscribe to, Hollywood's part in sci-fi is either a deliberate exaggeration designed to make the truth look unbelievable. You know, it's as you said, write these people off as crazy. You've been watching too many movies, you know, or... It's a way of psychologically preparing the populace for staggering alien secrets yet to be revealed. So essentially, you're constantly feeding the public over time to get them used to the idea that this stuff exists and the government has known about it for years. So basically lessening the blow of the shock when shit actually hits the fan. If shit were to hit the fan... The general public's like, this is just like Independence Day. Or maybe <laughs> yeah. they're making these movies. Like, why are the aliens always hostile? And it's like, we have to go to war with them. What if they're different? Yeah. Or because the government's business is what, baby? Fight war, war, baby. Fighting war. aliens. War. <laughs> yeah. War. They're making big bucks. If they can convince the public that these creatures are bad, we got to go to war when they get here. We're already fired up and we're fucking, uh, we're, can hear the USA chants from here. We're going full Independence Day, baby. You know? Uh, now, this is also like I was reading. It's like the Ernest Klein book, Armada. 
You know that guy that wrote Ready Player One? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wrote this book, Armada, which uh, I guess the government has known for decades about like an alien invasion. And they've been funding sci-fi films and video games in order to prepare everybody for war. What's that one with Adam Sandler? Where they got to beat the video games? Anyway, off topic. The Pixel one or whatever? With the fucking Pac-Man? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, isn't that what that is essentially? I, I is it aliens though? I don't I don't think I've ever seen remember. the film. No, but I mean, what do we think about this? Is this a possibility here? Might be. Now, so this whole document, <laughs> this whole documentary, is pretty much like where MIBs come into play. Pretty much along the same lines as the nerds theory. You know, you've got these actual government guys feeding researchers info. They flash some official government ID, probably dressed like spooks. And uh, they definitely would have said, hey, keep your mouth shut. Shut the fuck up. You know, this stays between us. I mean, at a bare minimum, you have these weird guys in suits questioning people about UFO sightings. And this possibly evolves into like, Hey, yeah, this weird pale guy was in a suit. He came around asking about UFOs, and then the myth grows and grows from there, you know? We tracking here? We thinking this is plausible? I do think this is plausible. I think this is probably the strongest theory out there. Maybe it was some sort of like government guys, and it just kind of developed and snowballed into this myth. Because I, I'm still hung up on the whole Hollywood thing and just thinking back to the uh, old War of the World story. Hollywood. Where they freaked everybody out. Yeah. Well, and not now, as many people as you might think, but. Well, now they're doing this. Hey, let's uh, Men in Black. Yeah, we got to get these guys ready for war. Maybe these aliens are really going to be like pretty peaceful like the Iron Giant. Well, until oppressed. <laughs> yeah exactly but the government is they're they're uh grooming us to be oppressed they're gaslighting us dude mm. you know classic, <laughs> classic, classic government. Buzzword, dude. yeah uh now the question i guess in all of this is are these mirage men still out there spreading the tentacles of deception and disinformation as long as UFO sightings are happening, they're out there, baby. Okay, so we think the government is actively doing something like this? 100%. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're all in agreement there. It is like you said for the Tic Tac thing. Yeah, maybe we're testing our secret breath freshener uh, craft, <laughs> and then you see it. I ain't freshening anyone's breath, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and we're going to say, hey... Um, hey, maybe that was aliens. We don't really know what it is. We drum up all this fucking... Yeah, release gobbledygook on UFOs info. Yeah, and then just essentially nothing. And it's all just headlines that people are reposting that are like, "Told you, aliens are coming." Pentagon releases info. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a bunch of fucking bullshit, dude. Now, in the 1950s, the U.S. Air Force and other agencies actually did conspire to oppress the UFO to suppress to (laughs) to suppress the UFO issue and to concoct false cover stories to explain sightings of such super secret U.S. spy planes as the U-2 and later the SR-71 Blackbird. So we do know they've done this stuff in the past, and as we all just said, it'd be no surprise that they're still doing it to this day, right? 
Definitely wouldn't be a surprise that they're doing it in today's day and age. Now, obviously, we also should take this whole Mirage Men theory with a grain of salt because, you know, for these UFO guys, I'm thinking this is all a business. So Oof. when you so when you come out saying, I've got the answers, uh, this is where you have the sort of upper hand, you know? Now, obviously, we know there have been hoaxes in the UFO realm that have been proven hoaxes. You know, you've had sightings, landings, leaked documents like MJ-12. So all of a sudden, this Doty guy steps up and he says like, oh, hey, no, 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 that was us. Am I right? Now, this guy is, he's in the intelligence community. But if it is just this guy coming up with this and spinning this documentary out, this is kind of genius because now not only has this guy essentially given himself all of this credit, but he's also discrediting all his competition. Mm. You know, it's a win-win for him. He's saying, he's saying like, Oh, nope. Because like, nobody's going to come forward and take credit for a hoax. Then the, the reality of it dies down. Like if they said, Oh, MJ 12 was a hoax. I'm the hoaxer. Then you don't have the legitimacy of MJ 12. So now this guy's saying, okay, I'll step up and say I was the hoaxer. And he, he keeps this ruse going. And like I said, nobody's going to step up. And if somebody did step up and say, no, MJ 12, that was actually me. You're going to be like, Oh yeah, of course it was you. After uh-huh. this guy already, like this guy already took the credit, you know. Actually, I did it. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm actually MJ twenty three. I'm Spontacus. It's like that. <laughs> Everybody's standing up, like I'm, like they're gonna be like, get a load of this idiot, you know. They should get a group of people together. They all say it at like different times. Dude, I'm saying we hop on this train. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Cash I mean, in, baby. Dude, here's a half truth right here. Here's a half truth right here. T- our very own teabag has seen a ufo no it's true he has even been taken on a craft and probed by aliens true what's true. the what's the myth there we don't right. know we-, <laughs> we don't know what the myth there is right you've been probed am i right but it definitely might have or might have not happened well, that's he can't say very much about it you know? <laughs> exactly because they people, neuralized me yeah now uh I mean, His dude, memory is very foggy. I'm saying we hop on this train of deception, dude. I'm down. I'm down. I mean, we're a voice for the people by the people. Yeah. Now, um, I mean, I would say, though, if you haven't seen the doc, Mirage Men, definitely check it out because, you know, while this government guy is a huge nerd, like this guy is a huge nerd. But the people that he claims to have duped are absolutely incredible. I mean, you can just like feel their sense of like self-importance through the screen. And like one guy looks like the uh, one guy looks like Crocodile Dundee. Hello, Mike. <laughs> He's like, so some UFOs guy came out of it, doing, told me not to say anything. Doing a little salsa work. Yeah. And then there's this other girl who seems, is this other lady who seems like she'd be mega into crystals and she's wearing a beret. <laughs> and she's like, I was told that the Homo sapiens were created by oh the aliens. God. And she's like crying the while old, saying that this. older lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I forget her name. She's actually like a big figure within UFO. But it's just like, dude, are you kidding me? You know, and and she's just keeping this up. It's like these people act like they're Jason Bourne, (laughs) these UFO people. And even the guy, 
uh, these UFO people, they act like they're Jason Bourne when all of reality, this is like when Jim and Pam fed Dwight the CIA stuff and told him (laughs) to go on a mission. That's what this is like. Future Dwight. (laughs) And then the Richard Doty guy himself, he's like... He is like one of those people where you hear all this crazy like government stuff. Like even like you look at stuff like Iran Contra, Gulf of Tonkin, like shit that actually happened. And you think it would be like some crazy Jason Bourne character. Like they're like, he's wanted in he's wanted in 12 countries for espionage and treason. And then it's just some guy like Edward Snowden who's like, yeah, I, I like the files. <laughs> or it's just some nerd like this guy who's just like sitting in his chair like, I did it. And <laughs> I told him the information. And it's not what you think it would be, you know? Um But as always, you know, we can hold this conspiracy theory up to a mirror and look at a flipped version of it. And again, this is the classic Rob line. And you can really do this with any theory, uh, which led me to my very own theory that David Icke is actually a lizard person himself. Hmm. (laughs) I'm thinking he looks weird. His hands are like a lizard's. Maybe they got to him. No, I think he's a lizard himself and is covering his own he's ass. He's the disinfo dude. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should we should start a book uh all about how David Icke is a lizard. Start flipping a, these a conspiracy theories. Lizard we'll have man. a newsletter. Because what so if you take this Mirage Man and you look at it in the mirror, what if all of this info from this documentary is nothing more than another red herring? And this is covering the fact that the authorities, the government, the powers that be really do know about extraterrestrials. And with this, they're saying, oh, you got us. You found us out. Yep, that's our disinformation tactic. And once again, we're no closer to the truth. I'm looking at the man in the mirror and I don't know which way is up. Hey, sometimes that's all you can do is look at the man in the mirror. Am I right? Now, what are we thinking here? What if we do flip this theory on its head? I mean, you can do this with any theory, but with this one, it does. It does like it's like, hey, maybe they are. They just want us to believe in this. This is the classic. Uh, that's what they want you to think. You know. Either way, they're controlling the information. Exactly. Now, they always are. Now we've been rambling for quite a while on this uh, on this Christmas Eve, this beautiful Christmas Eve. You might say we're a couple of rambling men. Yep. Now I know you guys want to get tucked in, want to get your gifts from Santa. Uh, you want to maybe uh, you know get your candy from Saint Nick. Get your uh, stocking filled. You get your stocking stuffed by the uh, three wise men <laughs> um, in black suits. Yeah, so we're going to get you to bed here. We're going to sign off here after this conclusion. Now, I do want to leave the Loyal Legion with a useful bit of information before we get out of here. And this is insider knowledge, guys, so you can take this with you. This is my gift to you for the holiday season. So come on, guys, huddle up, take a knee, take a knee. Let's learn a little thing about the uh, men in black here Uh, because some of you might be thinking, hey, I'm interested in UFOs. I'm a bit of a UFO head myself. I like aliens as much as the next guy. I'm a fan of the podcast from outer space. So what do I do if these MIBs come a knocking? You know, 
What if these MIBs come knocking at my door? Well, according to Gray Barker in a letter to John Keel, if you're ever encountered by an MIB, there is a tried and true two-step method to keep yourself relatively unbothered in their presence. Number one, remain calm. These guys feed off of fear, so that's only going to make it worse. Number two, and this is the most important step, guys. Uh, make some sort of joke. This will throw off their programming, essentially short-circuiting them so that they either go running into the night or simply fade away into nothing. Now, we here at the podcast from Outer Space, uh, we've got some jokes that you can use if you're ever approached by said MIBs. Uh, so do you gentlemen have your jokes? You want to go first? Want me to go first? What do we got? Well, I'm going to take a play out of the old vampire book. Just in case they are, in fact, vampires, I'm not going to invite them in. I'm going to simply open the door. Gentlemen, lentlemen, you cannot come in tonight. And the only thing out of world that I've seen lately is in my pants. So if you want to take a look at it, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so you're just going to show them your dick. Hey, that's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. That's not all a right. joke. Okay, I've got one for you here. All right, you ready? This, this is for you. Here we go. Knock, knock. <laughs> Who's there? Who's there? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> that's an MIB, gentlemen. Uh, you know, that's a good MIB joke. Now, what do you got, T-Bag? <laughs> That's the old uh, catch me if you can. Knock, knock. Who's, Who's there? there? You tell anybody about this, I will <laughs> fucking kill you. <laughs> T-Bag, let's hear it. What if you men in black, the men in black, you come at them with a black suit? And neuralize them. <laughs> yeah, you got time to change this. No, just always, always be wearing a black suit. <laughs> that is a classic. That is some good advice. And also, I'm gonna say, like, that's like the classic bum. Like, if a like, yeah. dude, you know, when a homeless guy is gonna ask you for change, you just ask him for change, dude. There we that's go. That's the classic. Now, all right, how about this one? So the men in black come and knocking. You basically answer the door. Naked. So, not naked, but you could just say, hey, jump. Is that a neuralizer in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> Is that a cricket in your pocket? <laughs> and there you have it, guys. There are some jokes to throw these MIBs off of your tracks and to keep you safe and sound, the Loyal Legion. Oh. Um, so with that, I mean, what do we got? We got any conclusions? We got a TLDL on MIBs. I mean, what are we saying? Are we saying the government kind of myth-making is the most logical explanation here? Like maybe with some government guys, it kind of got out of hand. Uh, what do we got? Um, should you ever see any person in a black suit, black Ray-Bans, and a black fedora? Make sure you take a picture. Just bounce with them. Slide with them. <laughs> Take a walk with them. <laughs> the good guys are dressed in black. Maybe even ask them if they've seen Jada Pinkett Smith. 
Are they sitting at her round table? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still saying that uh, despite all the uh, theories that we've dropped on you tonight, it's still a government agency in my eyes. Okay. So these are government, government spooks. Always is. Well, there you have it, guys. MIBs, the legends, the lore, the myths, the theories, the explanations. Uh, let us know if you guys have any info, if you've had an encounter with an MIB, uh, or maybe if you end up using one of these jokes over the holidays, let us know. And uh, with that, you know, happy holidays to the loyal legion out there. I uh, hope you guys have a good time. Blast this around the menorah. Blast this around the Christmas tree. Uh, and with that, I want to cite The Real Men in Black by Nick Redfern, Mirage Men by Mark Pilkington, Extraterrestrials in the American Zeitgeist by Aaron John Gulias, and They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers by Gray Barker, History.com, Men in Black Real Origins, TheGuardian.com, Men in Black UFO Sightings, Mirage Makers movie. Uh, and on that, stay safe out there, guys. Guys, thanks for tuning in as always. Uh, you know where to hit us on the DMs podcast from outer space on Instagram. If you want to shout us out, shoot, shoot us an email, podcast from outer space at gmail.com. Uh, like Ryan said, you know, you got anything you want to hear? You got anything that maybe you have heard? Maybe you've seen one of these fuckers at, come knocking at your door. Let us know. And with that, as my co-host said, we wish you all the happiest of holidays. Y'all stay safe out there. Enjoy your time with your families or whatever you do at this time of year. Um, you still got time. Check out uh, smarttcg.com if you need to order some nerdy gifts for your nerdy friends. You got a special lady in your life. Be sure to check out Alexander Brook Boutique. Uh, if you're on TikTok and OnlyFans, be sure to check out our friends Shelly Appleseed and Mr. Bauer06. On YouTube, we got the homies over at Beale Racing. And just remember, it's Christmas Eve. Santa is still watching. Be nice to everybody at this time of year, especially your mail carriers. And just want to give us a pat on the back, you know, 100 episodes, boys. We made it. Thank you, Loyal Legion, for sticking through and by us and with us and in us over these years. And on that note, so long and thanks for all the fish. <laughs>